This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com. From the loosest slots in the state to one of the most comfortable poker rooms in South Florida. Enjoy their smoke-free casino at HialeahParkCasino.com. Alrighty, good afternoon boys and girls and welcome aboard to the program. We're coming to you live from Hialeah Park. Yeah, we're a little earlier than normal. We are accommodating a guest that's going to join us at 3 o'clock. Actually, something interesting. The Drone Racing League is coming to South Florida. It's going over to Marlins Stadium. Um, What's it called? Lone Depot Park, right? I think it is. Lone Depot Park and... um, uh, we're going to have uh, one of the pilots on at 3 o'clock. Alex Vanover is going to join us, so we'll have a little fun with that. Got a loaded show. Uh, David Dwork is going to stop by at 4.30 to talk a little hokey, and, you know, it's going to be pretty much a depressing conversation. That's what, you know, I've gone back and forth with George and David throughout the, the season, you know, just texting and tweeting and that kind of stuff, and we haven't done a lot of hockey talk because really there's nothing good to talk about you know what i mean it's just it's just complaining it's kind of like watching the heat game last night dude they can't even be favored by one point wow i mean it's just it's really it got really pathetic last night uh for the heat we'll get into that alan pupar will stop by at five o'clock bitcoin hits 25k you know I tell you, bro. It's a, and by the way, Sean, where are all those people that would make fun of Bitcoin? Where are those people? I'm just, where are they? I'm just, why did you all disappear on me? I just tweeted out, if you put on December 31st, okay, so today's February 16th, a month and a half ago, 45 days ago, if you put $1,000 in Bitcoin, you would have over $1,500 right now, 45 days later. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of investments move $500? No, right? No, I don't think so. U.S. dollar ever move like that? No. No. But, but keep thinking the dollar is where you go. But anyway, so it's just, just kind of funny and it's hilarious. I send Darren Rovella a reminder today just to kind of troll them a little bit and and say well you know it's a cult right there you go i love ponzi i love cult you know it's like you know a month and a half ago you get polygon at 75 cents it's a dollar 44 right now you would have doubled your money okay doubled your money by the dips right it's what we always say by the dips By the dips. By the way, not a financial advisor. Okay? Go to a professional for that. You know, I can only tell you what I like and what I do and all that kind of stuff. But just a a suggestion. Everything's gone parabolic right now. Everything's going straight. You don't buy now. Wait. Lots of people bought when it was low. And then you'll have the super rich people. Not me. I'm a working stiff. I can only buy a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. Uh, but the, the real rich people, like, you know, I told you, hey, if you put $1,000 in Bitcoin at 16500 you would have over 1500 right now. You would be making over $500 of profit right now. Well, think about the people that put $10 million or $50 million into Bitcoin, and it goes up like this. So they're going to be pulling out. And so that will bring, that, that will have, you know, reactions in the market. So you will have some dips coming. And then that's when you get in. You never buy on a parabolic rise. Wait. 
Patience is very important in, in investing. Patience. You never, ever buy on the run. If you do, that's, you know, because it's going to find the floor. It's going to come back a little bit because people are going to sell off of profits, you know, and you would too, like anybody would. But anyway, so just uh, wanted to mention that because it's just absolutely awesome to see those of us that have been hanging in there throughout the bear market for over 14 months. It's, uh, it's been pretty sweet to hang in there. Don't forget to smash the hell out of the like button. Very, very important to smash the hell out of the like button. Also hit the subscribe uh, button. And if you're watching and not uh, subscribing, please subscribe. And also hit the notification bell. That way you know, like today, you would have gotten the notification bell 10 minutes earlier than normal. Maybe you just come on at 3 o'clock or, well, I know O's on. Let me go to 3 o'clock. Sean and O are going to be on. And But today we went on at 2.50. So this way you kind of get a little heads up on, on uh, oh, hey, wait a minute. They're on a little earlier. Why? And then now you find out why. So there you go. We just found out Tim McCarver passed away at the age of 81. Uh, Hall of Famer. Um, a great broadcaster, player. I'm a Phillies fan, so he played for my Phillies when I was a kid. And then obviously grew into the position of a, of a broadcaster for many, many years. Still remember that day that Deion Sanders threw water on him in the locker room. Do you remember that? No? Yeah, Deion Sanders. He, he, Carver didn't like, he was critical of Sanders' kind of style and all that. And so Sanders getting him back. Uh, uh, threw a, 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 a uh, bucket of ice water on him in the middle of a, of a locker room broadcast. You know, so I, I still remember that exchange between Carver and, uh, and Dion uh, overall. I wonder if that goes through Dion's mind today when he hears that Tim McCarver passed away. I wonder if that, you know, listen, we all have our moments in life and sometimes you regret them and, you know, it's just one of those things. But anyway, um, I was just telling Sean... Man, you know you're getting old when you know you're watching people like this pass away, but like I'm watching I watched a Boone play for the Phillies, then I watched his son play in the majors, and then I'm watching his son manage in the majors. So, I've gotten past the point of watching sons play. I'm watching sons of sons play. I'm watching sons who are now managers and head coaches and all that kind of stuff forget the players that i grew up with yeah i saw them become managers or coaches or whatever and then retire and broadcast no no no. i'm watching their sons become managers and coaches not their sons become players you know that's a that's one stage of getting old you know what i'm saying it's kind of like when i run into somebody you know and this always feels makes me feel great at a concert right i run into the father and the son and the father says, man, I've been listening to you forever. And then the son says, yeah, I've been listening to you since I was a kid with my dad. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God, there's two generations of listeners. Oh, God, I am old. I've been around too long. You know, that kind of stuff. So I'm around so long now that, you know, you're watching the sons manage and coach and all that. It's just really is crazy, dude, how, you know, if, if you last long enough, obviously, if you're blessed and Today, the Lord, you know, chose to give me one more day here on, on Mother Earth, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Uh, so, you know, we lose uh, Tim McCarver. But, hey, man, I always say you, if you get into the 80s, 
you did really good. You get into the 90s, you are a thief. And if you're 100, you're a ghost already at this point. You're, you're ghosting, you know, death. <laughs> it's what you're doing, basically, you know, at that point. So I, 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 I can only wish to get to the 80s like uh, Mr. McCarver did. And so rest in peace to McCarver. And yesterday we lost Raquel Welsh, too. Uh, the, and we were just talking about her also. Uh, we were ju- we had just mentioned her, you know, on the show. And when we talk about, you know, nowadays it's it's Holly Berry, it's uh, J Lo, it's uh, Salma Hayek, you know, those women that are looked at like, you know, elite ultimate beauties. That was Raquel Welsh, absolute perfection, you know, growing up and obviously grew up with that movie, uh, One Million BC, and everything else she did. Um, I remember she did a, a movie called Mother Jugs and Speed, if I remember correctly, with uh, with Bill Cosby, uh, a young Bill Cosby. They were like uh, they were in an ambulance and all that kind of stuff. And um, so yeah, I, I mean Raquel Welsh is my God, you know, just perfection. It's what she was. She was a, a perfect beauty, like the Lord. He, he makes a couple of those, you know. Every once in a while, he makes a couple of those women that are just you know. Bam, like, okay, perfect mold, you know, that. And she was definitely one of those. No doubt about that, man. No doubt about that. Oh, looks like uh, we got it going on. Yeah, little B-roll there. Anyway, so we'll have a little fun. Sean is tripping out. All right, it is time, man. Let's, uh, let's bring aboard Alex. Alex Vanover with the Drone Racing League. It is coming to South Florida, baby. It is coming here February 25th. Uh, Doors will open up at 6 o'clock. The racing will start at 7.15. The ultimate drone racing party coming to Miami. The Algorand World Championship season race coming in. And, uh, And our guy Alex is ready to take over. Alex, good afternoon, my friend. How are you doing, sir? Can you yeah, hear I'm doing me? great. How are you doing? Very good, man. I am, uh, you know, I'm a big uh, Algorand guy. I got a big old bag of Algorand. I've been yeah. a, a believer in Algorand. I'm a big crypto guy. I have my own uh, crypto segments on the show and all that kind of stuff. So I've been uh, a crypto proponent for a couple of years now. And uh, Algorand is one of the, one of the companies that I'm uh, heavily invested in. And um, one of the things I've been watching is how drone racing has just absolutely taken off. And, you know, drones are a part of our everyday lives now. You know, whether we see them all the time now that they're using them in war, but we're using them for promotional purposes. We're using them for fun. And then the beauty of, 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 of life is that we're finding ways to make a living, whether it's playing video games, whether it's crypto mining, or whether it's racing drones. And so that's kind of what you're doing now. And I, I just find it really cool how people can find different niches in life. And that's exactly what you've been able to find with the Drone Racing League. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I started flying drones when I was just a little kid. And I'm 23 now, so I've been doing it for about 13 years. And yeah, I had a dream when I was, you know, 2016 and I saw DRL on television. I told my dad that I wanted to be a world champion drone racer and just stuck to that goal and won the championship in 2019. And, you know, this is what I do for a living. You're absolutely right. The the whole drone space as a whole has just taken off and DRL is really at the forefront of it right now. So it's very exciting times. And 
you said it yourself already. Miami's coming up very soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think, I think they've got some B-roll for us there. I don't know. So people can actually watch it. Uh, we're going to bring it up and see if you guys want to, if you guys want to play it in the background out there. Let's see if uh, I think that's kind of what the other box is for, because that's what we were talking about is adding, you know, a little B-roll there. And I don't know if Melanie uh, is doing it back there or somebody. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it up. And I don't know if it's B-roll or not that's going to come up there. But if, it, if it's not, just tell me, give me a heads up on it. But uh, Alex, so when did you get the bug? Okay, because, brother, I, I try to fly drones and I suck. I mean, I, I bought one and I, <laughs> I ruined the thing trying to learn how to do it in my house. And it was, you know, flying all over the place, hitting walls, whatever. It's, it, is, it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's not easy. I think it takes definitely a lot of dedication and time. And you have to have a lot of persistence, right, to, to be able just to learn how to fly. These racing drones, there's no stabilization. And the reason there's no stabilization is that's what allows us to push the limits and go very fast. So, you know, one of the best ways to learn to fly is just on the simulator. DRL has a simulator. It's almost one-to-one -one with the real drone. So a lot of people start on that, and then, you know, they end up flying real drones after. But, you know, for me, I started with remote control airplanes. So with remote control airplanes, it's a little bit easier because, you know, it'll fly itself if you don't touch the controls. But with the drone, not so much. You kind of always have to be on it. But yeah. thankfully, I was able to understand the controls when I started flying drones because it's similar to that of like a remote control airplane. So it made the transition for me a lot easier. But but make no mistake, I mean, I probably crashed more than you've crashed a drone. I, I Yeah, but dude, you're flying you know, at, at 8,000 miles an hour. You're going through hoops and loops and all kinds of stuff. So it's a little different. I'm just yeah. trying to go up and down and sideways, and I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's but a, it's a different challenge. Crash is just a normal part of flying a drone, really, to be honest. And if you embrace that and you just know that crashes are going to happen and that's the way you're going to get better, then just do it. Yeah, yeah, well, my my uh, producer Sean has got like a one of those drone cameras, and he knows how to you know kind of manage it and all of that. So let me ask you something because it is some it is. And for those of you, go to Drone Racing League, go go on go on social media and check out the videos, and you can see. I mean, it's an amazing presentation. I'm looking forward to being there to to check yeah. out the event and meet you too at the same time and meet all the racers out there and have some fun because I it's something that I'm interested in and I'm intrigued. But as for preparation purposes, like we have a, a uh, there's a university close by my house called FIU and they have on the south side, they have an area where there's like this runway and people would go with their model planes and mm -hmm. practice and fly in that area and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I'm wondering for you. How do you simulate what you do in the drone racing league? Is there a simulator that you have? Is it, uh, do you have a place where you guys practice, you know, an area like that? Because I would imagine that since you guys are racing, there is a completely different challenge and a whole complete different preparation than an idiot like me trying to fly it in my house. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a whole level of preparation before each of these events. Like right now, Miami is just over a week away. So there's a couple different ways that I'm training. Um, you know, it's really hard to build a stadium in your backyard. 
So the best thing that we can do in order to replicate what it feels like to fly in the stadium is to use the simulator. And thankfully, the Drone Racing League, they give us access to the virtual map of where we're going to be flying about two weeks out from the races. So I like to go on the simulator. I like to feel out the venue. I like to see, you know, what kind of lines I might choose to take depending on the track and stuff like that. But, you know, the other big factor of it is just going out and flying the real drone. And you don't need the stadium to do that. You just need a park with some gates or trees and you can go out and do that. And um, that's basically what I've been doing day in, day out for the last week. And I'll continue to train every day up until I leave on a plane for the event. Just going out and flying over and over again, crashing a lot and repeating the process. <laughs> you, you wouldn't crash as much as I would, that's for sure. So let me let me ask you something. When you're when you're preparing for this, all right, and and the challenge of of doing the racing and all that kind of stuff, how do you simulate that part of it? In the simulator, are you are you racing against others or is it just a solo type of thing? Yeah, so in the racing you can race against basically like a ghost. So essentially uh, you can just race against the very best time that you set on the track. And that's actually really good. You know, just being able to compare against your previous best time and trying to beat that is a very good way to kind of get racing in. But for me, even if it's simulator or if it's real life racing, what I like to do is just pretend that there's five other drones flying at the same time. And I actually like to almost make myself nervous. I like to put that pressure on myself because that's the hardest thing for us pilots to practice dealing with is, you know, when we're out practicing in an open field, it's just us. But the moment we get out there in front of you guys in Miami, there's going to be 10,000 people there who are going to be cheering, booing us, uh, depending on which pilot they like. And uh, there's really no way to simulate that. Um, so the best thing I can do is just mentally prepare myself to be a fortress. So when I get out there, it doesn't matter what's happening around me because we're the 12 best pilots in the world. Any one of us can win or lose a race any given day. But what's going to win races like Miami is going to be the pilot who can not only fly the best, but they can also handle all those other things as well. And so that's what I'm preparing my mind for. As spectators, you know, in auto racing, they get to put on the headsets and hear the crews talk to the racers and all that kind of stuff. And you get to hear some of that stuff. Is there any communication that the fans have access to? And are you guys communicating amongst each other, talking some trash amongst each other and the pilots there? I'm just wondering what goes on. Do we have any way of tapping into the background of that? Yeah, so obviously we do interviews in between the races. And during the races themselves, there will be pilot cameras on the big screen and, and stuff like that. So you guys will feel like you're really close to us. Um, and obviously we'll have the meet and greets and stuff like that. But, you know, when we're racing, the pilots are going to be more kind of like out on home plate uh, because we're going to be in the center of the track, which is going to be actually really cool for the spectators to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely when there's, when the racing's happening, there's definitely some trash talk that goes around. Uh, I try to hold myself above that, but I, I fall short more times than I succeed. Um, so, you know, there's times where if I'm ahead in a race or if I know that there's a guy who's maybe a little insecure about himself, you know, maybe I'll I'll throw some shade at him, tell him ah, there's a lot of people out there. So I like to do my talk for the races and after the races. I don't really like to talk much during because we're only racing for 60 seconds and you really do require full focus. For sure. While you're flying. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, you know, I like to just the best way that I, I guess, talk trash is just by being myself and. By doing that, I just go out there with this physical level of confidence that I think intimidates the other pilots. 
because I love the crowd. I don't care if you're booing me. I don't care if you're cheering for me. I just care that you're there and you're watching because I'll feed off that energy. Well, 10,000, man, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Do you see it? Because, you know, one of the things, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm an old gamer. I'm not a modern-day gamer, but I do understand how big it is and how big it's gotten. And, you know, we see the competitions all over, and they're filling arenas and stadiums, and we're seeing thousands and thousands of, of young people that are, are flocking to a lot of these e-contests. Do you see drone racing growing in the same fashion that you guys are developing fan bases and that individually you guys are also growing your own fan bases? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in the last couple of seasons that I've raced in DRL, even with, you know, the whole COVID outbreak, you know, we've grown from a couple thousand, you know, a couple hundred people to a couple thousand to now 10,000 people in Miami. I mean, the sport, if you compare it to like where the NBA started and where the NFL started, we're growing at a very similar rate. And so it's just a matter of time as drone racing becomes more popular and people continue to go out to these events and see the racing that I believe this does become a mainstream sport. And you're going to have it's going to be more on like the esports side of things, of sure. course, than yeah. the NBA like that. But yeah. it's definitely going to be one of the sports where. It's already getting there. I mean, I go into an airport or something like that. I get recognized by people who've seen me on TV. Nice. If I, I, you go and ask your neighbor if they've ever seen drone racing on television, there's a high probability that they have. So, you know, my job as well right now as kind of, you know, being at the forefront of the sport is to make sure the sport is presentable, to make sure that I'm putting on good races for the fans and, you know, trying to make myself someone that you or anyone else would want to follow and support and get behind. You know, I was like their favorite drone pilot. And I think that level of engagement is what is starting to happen right now in drone racing. People are getting really invested. And that's exciting to see because that's what it's going to take for the sport to go uh, to the next level. So just out of curiosity, how do they regulate it? Like, you know, like in NASCAR, they've got the restrictor plates to kind of keep everybody at an even level playing field. How do they do that with drones? So with the drones, uh, we fly what's called the Racer 4. And what's cool about DRL is that it's a spec league. So everyone flies the exact same thing, the same goggles, the same controller. There's only very little things that we can adjust on the drone itself. And that's in how sensitive the drone responds. But that doesn't change how fast it is. That just is more of something that helps us fly better. And so what's cool about the Drone Racing League is when you lose a race or when you win a race, you know that everyone was on the same playing field. There was no one that had any type of an advantage. And as a pilot, that is the most exciting type of drone racing that you can possibly get because you don't have to question whether or not you lost because your gear wasn't built right. or right. If it was. And DRL has a team of tech ops, which is about 15 to 20 people who are building and maintaining 600 drones per event, which is a lot of drones. And we, we go through a lot of them because we like to go out there and fly fast and and when we crash, we pretty much destroy these things, um, which is very entertaining for the spectators to watch, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we, yeah, that's what we stick around for is all the crashes, you know, anyways. Yeah. And by the way, you're, you're basically stealing that, that, that line from, from uh, Top Gun Maverick, right? Come on, come on, Mav. It's not yep. the plane, it's the pilot, right? It's, uh, that's yeah. so, so it's really down to the pilot, not, not, the, not the drone in this case. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all down to the pilot and there's no such thing as slow drones. There's only slow pilots. So that's what I like to say. Yeah. By the way, you got, I love the way they've dressed it up, man. I mean, the lights, everything, the, 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 uh, obstacle course, uh, how, what, what do you guys call it? The course, what do you call it? You can just call it the course really. Okay. I mean, just I yeah. The look dude, everything, the presentation, 
I mean, they have really taken it to another level, and it's pretty cool. As, listen, man, we're, we're going into the future now, and whether it's esports, whether it's drones, whether it's crypto, you know, life is changing, and, and, and it's evolving, and the interests of younger generations obviously also is evolving, and it's not going to be the same old thing. It's not going to be just baseball. It's going to be drones and it's going to be you know esports and things like that and and we're watching how that is is taking off by the way are you a crypto guy too since algorand is the uh is the leading sponsor yeah i'm definitely a crypto guy myself um so i'm probably not as heavily invested as you or some other people probably are but yeah i mean definitely as a, i feel like it's kind of more of a trend in younger people to be invested in cryptocurrency yes. and yes you know i, I I'm, I'm invested just in the fact that I have my own secure wallet and, you know, it's my thing. So, yeah, I got Algorand, got Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a b- bunch of other coins. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Alex, I struggle with people my age to explain crypto to them and, and explain, explain to them a digital wallet and all that. It is yep. one hell of a challenge. Uh, by the way, I just want to mention Algorand right now is uh, just at 27 and a half cents right now. So doing doing really well. And uh, it is up almost 18% in the last month. So headed, headed in the right direction there. Uh, mm. so, so describe to us what we're going to see on the 25th over at uh, Lone Depot Park. Uh, describe to people that have never been to the Drone Racing League when they walk in, what is the atmosphere and what to expect from the race? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's start off with the atmosphere. The atmosphere at a drone event of this scale is just going to be so electric. I mean, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are, everyone's going to have a good time at one of these events. And what you can expect is just a lot of very amazing drone racing. I mean, drone racing where drones are colliding midair, crashing into gates. You have these heated rivalries because remember, this is the end of our season, right? So every, you know, there's me and a couple other guys are at that top and we're fighting for the world championship. And, and that is going to be the last race of the season. And it's close. It's going to be very close. And so there's going to be a lot of tension between the pilots at that high level. And then you're going to have the guys who maybe didn't do so well who are just trying to end on a high note. So what that means is we're going to have such electric racing. There's going to be a lot of heated battles out there. And as a, as a fan, as a spectator, watching the drones zip around at 90 miles an hour, lit up, it's going through one of these crazy, like you said, courses that we have. It's, it's going to be just so amazing. And it's hard to put it into words. So what I tell people is just go out to the event, watch it, and be sure to come find us and meet us because we definitely do a lot of fan meet and greets. And we can definitely talk a lot more about drone racing and, and you know, giving our advice here and there. The 2019 DRL champion, Alex Vanover, joining us. And don't forget, February 25th at Lone Depot Park, Saturday. That's when the Algorand World Championship season race takes place. Get your tickets and, uh, and find out more about it. You can go to our Twitter page at Big O Show. The link is there. You can follow it to get your tickets. Take your kids. They will enjoy it, I promise you, because this is what they're into now. Alex, thank you for taking some time, man, and explaining it with, uh, for us and, and for me, a newbie, because uh, I'm going to become a fan of the Drone Racing League. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you in Miami. You got it, baby. We'll see you here in our backyard. There you go. Alex Vanover from the Drone Racing League, man. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. You looking forward to going to that? Huh? 
I, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if we get some tickets too. Maybe we can get a couple tickets to uh, to give away. So there you go. Uh, anyway, so there you go. A little drone racing league, just to kind of mix things up a little bit today on on le program. Ah, what do we got? What do we got? Bitcoin just hanging just under 25, man. All right, all right, all right, all right. What do we have here? Excited for what the team will do. LFG Finn's family. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it also. I'm with you. Jay Gelfin in the house. I see in the chat. Cap for life. GP trap in... Gus Gus thirteen eighty eight Brett Dodgers as I recall or one of them, yes uh, talking uh, little Raquel Welsh sneak attack three oh five Giovanni is in Ragin is in um, let's see uh, do uh, John Fernandez. Uh, Raquel was smoking by today's and Raquel is smoking in any standard, bro. Uh, let's see. Saw that movie. Oh, the paint the zipper scene is hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's a good movie. Mother Jugs and Speed. Back in the day, I don't know how it holds up nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Alexis is in. Ridiculous on dollar. That if not, uh, it's not the way to invest. I know. I know that. I, uh, the dollar's a disaster. But you know what can I tell you? It's the people we put into office we, for the last hundred years have destroyed it. Uh, when does Big O start having Craig Mish on? Well, you know, baseball season hasn't started. There's really not much to talk about, my friend. So I'm not going to, I'm going to wait till we actually have like something tangible to talk about, uh, at this point, you know, uh, let's see Big O only a matter of time until we have dwarfs flying as drone jockeys pretty soon, pretty soon. Uh, Adrian Delgado in, Jason Myers in, Billy Shaw in. So appreciate a lot of you joining us already on the program. Uh, we are going to have David Dwork joining us at 4.30. Alan Pupar will stop by at 5. Um, let me see, we have time. Yeah, let me, but before I do anything, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Canesware. You're watching it there at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Uh, listen, go check out the great people at Canesware, Brett and everybody out there, uh, Jeff, they all do a great job. If you can't go to Davie and you live anywhere in the country, okay, they deliver, all right? You can go to Canesware.com, over $99, you will get free shipping. They got anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Go check it out. Canesware.com. And make sure you tell them that Big O sent you. They've got Inter-Miami gear, Marlins gear, Panthers gear, Heat gear, Dolphins gear. And then, of course, anything and everything pretty much with a UM logo on it. All right. So check it out at Canesware.com. Uh, what else do we have going on? This is the time of year where people have to say stupid stuff, write stupid stuff in order to fill. And I get it because as I've been telling Sean the last couple of days, it's, it hasn't been easy to prepare for this show every day the last couple of days because there isn't really a lot of meat on the bone. 
and then the Heat suck, and the Panthers suck. They're just not interesting whatsoever. Uh, the Panthers aren't even in the playoffs right now, and the Heat are barely in the playoffs. And really, if you watch that team, they're nothing. It's a, a two-point team in a three-point world. You know what I mean? So it's hard, and, and football's done. So until we get into, like, real free agency and the draft, we won't even have anything else to talk about. So it's, it's been tough to kind of prepare for all of this, and the Heat and the Panthers don't help us. You know what I'm saying? So then this is the time where people will write and do stupid things, okay? I like Greg Cody a lot. I got nothing personal against Greg Cody. But today he wrote an article to fill space about Lamar Jackson. And it's something, oh, maybe they should explore. And I get it. Some of you out there are dumb enough to think the same thing. And listen, I don't even know if Cody actually believes the shit that he's writing. Okay? I don't. Now, he did write an article once that you, know, you got to trade Marino because Scott Mitchell was playing well. And I, I actually believe he believed that then. So I'm not sure if he believes this now. Okay? And I enjoy Greg Cody the comical writer you know what i'm saying so you know the his predictions with the bird and all that other stuff i always enjoy all that stuff i enjoy i've always enjoyed greg cody's work okay but hey man i say stupid things on the air right i've been on for 30 years i'm not going to say everything that's actually logical and smart or whatever i probably said a bunch of stuff that was wrong too but this is the time of year where you've got to fill a bunch of bullshit and since the heat are unsexy the Panthers are pathetic, right? And there's really nothing to talk about. Well, Dolphins will get it stirred up 365 days a year. And, of course, you have your Tua disbelievers. So let's just throw out Lamar Jackson, who's the local kid. But, see, in today's world, when you spew misinformation, it's very irresponsible because we have a lot of stupid people in this world. And they end up believing things like, Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme or Bitcoin is bad for you and all that. And then, you know, you have rich people and powerful people trying to tell you this because they want you to sell. They don't want you to buy and they want to buy low. You know, that's just the way this world is. Right. We had one idiot with orange hair say, oh, the election was rigged and a bunch of you suckers believed them. You know what I mean? So it's really dangerous to throw out misinformation. It's really dangerous to throw things out that are irresponsible and they make no sense. And some of you are not very smart and some of you don't really get football that well and you actually think Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. So, you know, that's, you know, that so some of you are just fooled by being fooled because you really don't know any better. And then some of you actually you really don't know any better at all, so you'll get fooled by anything out there. And then this is what happens. And so somebody writes a stupid article about a subject that I don't even know if he really believes or not. It makes zero sense. You have the number one rated passer in the NFL. You know, your articles in the offseason, let me give some ideas out there, okay? Because if I'm going to slam the article, right, I should have a solution to it, right? Well, Maybe if you talked about making sure you solidified the left guard in the right tackle and you talked up a plan, maybe you bring one guy back or you buy this guy in free agency or trade for that guy, whatever, 
and you come up with that article. How about coming up with the article of Mike McDaniel needs to find that complete tight end, the complete tight end that can block and help protection for Tua to help keep Tua upright and the same tight end that can go out and find the open spots in the field. Why not write about that and talk about the tight ends that you like in college coming out, in free agency that could be available, another one via trade that could be available, or something like that. There are many articles that you can actually talk about. And, and you can make it compelling to write about that instead of something stupid when you don't have great cap space, you're going to have to give up a bunch of picks, and you're also going to have to change the entire offense for a guy that is not a passer. He's a runner. But let me just throw out that stupid, irresponsible article because Lamar Jackson's from South Florida. It would take too much time and too much effort for me to try to find the angles for a tight end. It would take too much work for me to talk about the left guard and the right tackle and what they need to do to take it to the next level. It would take too long for me to break down the mistakes that Mike McDaniel made throughout the season on game day in play calling. There are a lot of ways they can improve. There's a lot of things you can talk about, but let's go lazy and let's put out Lamar Jackson because it's a trigger, because it's a lightning bolt, because it's a hot button topic. And because there's enough stupid people out there that actually think he's a good quarterback. So, hook, line, and sinker. Let's fill some space in the paper. Let's get some hits. And let's get the people that are anti-Tua riled up for something that is never going to happen, never even thought about in that, in that front office. But I'll write about it anyways because it's a lazy take. Because the other takes would take a lot more work. That's what it would take. A lot more work, a lot more studying, a lot more trying to really make a compelling article. This is lazy. Let's just throw it out there. Scott Mitchell's playing a couple good games. Let's trade Marino. Hot button. Yeah, let's go. You know, this is the time of year. And this is what is coming for the next couple of months because there's a lot of laziness in the media. And that, my friends, right there was a lazy article in the Miami Herald today by Greg Cody. That's it. So, anyway, get ready. Uh, Sweet Baby Ray says, Big O, I grew up watching Tim McCarver as a color analyst for the Mets in the 80s. God rest his soul. Uh, Cody did say he doesn't think it should happen. He doesn't want it to happen. He said explore it. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's a stupid article. There's no exploring that. You have your quarterback. It's, it's get everything else around it. It's figure all the other things out. It's get better as a coach on game day. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be done. And it's not go get another guy that can't pass and breaks down a lot too, actually. Breaks down more than Tua. Uh, we already have a weak arm Tua. Why the hell do we want a QB who couldn't hit water from a boat? 
Yeah, I know. Weak arm Tua, the number one deep passer in the NFL. Uh, Big O, the number of non-thinking sheeps keeps increasing just as the government wants, sadly. Yeah, they'll keep you stupid, bro. They like to keep you stupid. Okay? That's kind of the idea. Not uh, why educate you. Keep you stupid. That way you have to rely on them and their bad decisions. But, yeah, I just thought it was a, a lazy take today. So, but, hey, it's a trigger. Got me talking about it, right? So he succeeds. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Cap for Life says, so someone please educate me. Dan Lebetard is known for asking the hard questions. So why is it that he's asking Lazy questions to two on Radio Road, just saying smart guys know how to troll, in my opinion. I, I, I saw that interview. Lebby didn't even talk pretty much in that interview. It was just one question, right, I think? It was just on the part about the family. Yeah, that's that, it. That everybody was saying. Was it was all the other care. guys that were asking questions, actually. So, yeah. Um, it was, I mean, you know, that, that they strive on... on uncomfortable and stuff like that that's kind of what their thing is you know what i'm saying and, and there wasn't really a lot of deep stuff to go into with him you know so i they, they were all dying every one of them in every interview it was all going to be about the concussions it's what i told you exactly there was no hurry to get to the pro bowl what for he's going to just answer concussion questions for a couple of days and that's why it just gets to the point where you've answered it once already. How many more different times can you answer the stuff about the concussions? And so they all hang on the sensationalism. Are you going to quit football? Are you afraid to play now? Will, you, will it change the way you play? And this and that. It's, they're, they're trying to sensationalize it. That's all they want to do. That's it. That's all those interviews were about because they couldn't go anywhere else, you know? Why, why not try and talk about how the game was a lot easier for him this year with McDaniel, and what did McDaniel do? And what is it about this offense that you love, you know? And your chemistry at times with the receivers was either on or sometimes it was off. What do you guys got to do in order to get on the same page? You know, why get into actual boring football talk? Which I think is stuff that really the hardcore Dolphin fan wants to find out about. But the problem is you're the minority, the hardcore Dolphins fan. The majority is, oh, concussions. Oh, is his, is his career over? What, what does he feel now that he has a child? that he puts himself at risk. And so how many more times are you gonna ask that question? Yahoo, NFL Network, Lebetard, whatever, everybody. It's like, that's it, once you get past that question, you didn't really care about the team. So you're not really asking anything about the team. You know what I'm saying? Why not ask, hey, you didn't really have a tight end you can count on because this offense requires a guy to block and receive, but you didn't have that. What, 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 what does that element bring 
if you do add it to this offense. And then it may be hard for him to answer because he's got Gesicki still, and he's probably going to defer to Gesicki and say he's great and this and that, whatever. But there are things you can talk about with him if you wanted to. If you really wanted to have a football conversation with the guy, you could actually have a football conversation. You can go over your silly little concussion question for one moment and then move on and have an entire football conversation. But instead, you're talking about, well, will you sue Mike McDaniel for murder if you would have died or whatever? It's like, come on, man. You know, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for, you know, cutting everybody out. So I, I just don't. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Man Darino says, I'm riding with Tua. It's just time to put it all together and get paid. Just prove how little critical thinking the masses in general let the media do that do for them. He's a baller. He is. Just got to figure out how to get rid of the ball faster. Big O, how do you personally feel about the Dolphins keeping Tua from proceeding through the protocol until our, uh, um, Matthew, did you listen to the show at all? At all? Do you listen to this show? Do you listen to it every day? You listen to it throughout that time. What was I saying the entire time? He doesn't need to hurry up for nothing. He needs the entire offseason to rest. So I don't care if they waited till after the season. I'm glad they did it because he needed the time off. I wasn't with the people, oh, let's hurry up. Let's see if he can go play in the Pro Bowl. Like, who gives a shit about the Pro Bowl? Like, I need him tossing eggs and water, bo- and water balloons and playing flag football? No, dude, I don't, we don't need that. He needs rest. So what they did is made me super happy because I said the entire time I did not want him doing anything. I wanted him done. I didn't want him coming back for no playoffs or anything like that. So for me, super happy with it. And if you listen to the show... You, you wouldn't have to ask me that because you would know I wanted him to... Man, the first year, I didn't even want him to play. I wanted him to really just heal. There was no hurry. You had Fitz there, let him play the whole year. Who cares? So... Um, let's see. Brett says, remember the fantastic voyage with Raquel Welsh in it? Yes. She was even smoking in a lab coat. She's smoking in anything. Raquel Welsh can make anything look good. I, uh, I tell my wife this all the time because sometimes she'll see somebody dressed kind of ridiculous. And it is kind of ridiculous. But if the woman is a smoke show and she's got a great body... I always tell my wife this. I say, if you're a smoke show, you can put on anything and make it look good. It could be loud or whatever, but if you've got a rocking body, you're going to make whatever crazy outfit look awesome because you've got a rocking body. So... Uh, let's see. Panthers regressed. Heat are mediocre. And any hope for watching Marlins this season? I mean, I'll watch. There's no, like, hope for winning? No, there's no hope for winning. They don't spend enough. 
But they do have a couple of young bats that they added, so hopefully that'll help out with Jazz. Jazz is worth it. I'll be watching for Jazz. I'll be watching for Sandy. I mean, I'm going to watch anyway, but I'm the minority in all of this. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, not, I'm not the majority Marlin fan. There's not, there isn't one. That's the problem, that they, they, they don't attract the average sports fan. You know, and that's, you got to do something like that in order to attract them. There's Sean Stanley, the great Sean Stanley. You're on the air. There you go. Nice job by you, sir. It's a beautiful thing. Steve Calibro is ready to join us. He's a little depressed this week. Eagles losing. Your Jersey boys were probably very unhappy in that town. Can you give him the mic at least? So once you get him on, uh, then we can... Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get you we'll get you the camera in a minute. So we'll my son, I had the I had to wait a day or two before I called him. You know, the Philadelphians took it hard. You know, the officials, it's the officials. The whole game was down to one play, right? He held twice on that play. <laughs> yeah, no, I, let's not make let's not ruin a perfectly good story with the facts. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, <laughs> you know? it's like you know, but wait, oh no, he held it. No, no, he held twice on the play. Yeah, I not, mean, not once, but twice he tugged on the guy. And by the way, James Bradbury is one of my favorite athletes in today's sports because he's a man. He said, "I held him, bro. Yeah. I screwed up. I'm yeah, not, I, saw it. I, I don't. I don't point gotta, fingers. You gotta, like you gotta like him." Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. And, and, and you know, you know what I, I, I attribute it to? Okay, so we get on the turnpike, right? You do 70, 75, and 65, they're not going to pull you over. But you are speeding. Absolutely. So now if, you know, the officer's on the sidelines there. Yeah. Everybody's That's... doing 70, 72. <clears throat> but you swerved a little bit on your changing of lanes at 72, 73. He goes, I'm pulling that guy over. Yeah. And then, but wait a minute, officer, I was going to speed every... Yeah, but I saw you also, you know, change lanes a little, unres you know, irresponsible. So I'm pulling you over. And that's what I and attributed to. And you get two tickets. To. And you get... You're reckless driving and speeding. And right? reckless so driving and speeding. And, and so that's what I attribute to. Oh, holding happens all the time. Well, what do you want to do? You want to call it every time? But if you do it twice on one play, you now put that guy in a position that look, he had to make a call. And by the way, I also subscribe to... That that was one play. The, the game, you know, I mean, the, their def, the Eagles' defense doesn't have to give up 35 points prior to that, or score only 11 in the <laughs> or, second or, half. You know, or or score only 11. Although they did tie it up, that was kind of exciting. Okay, but that you only but you only had 11. You had 24 points in the first half. Right, yeah, they got shut down, and you, and, except and, for one drive. And you couldn't get to Mahomes after having the guys more, more sacks than 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 God. Pretty yep. much this year, because what did the Eagles have? Like 188 sacks they this were year. The, like, they were like number three in the in the history of the NFL. Right, exactly. You know? And now they and they couldn't get him in the second half. No, they couldn't right. get him in the first half either. Well, for, there was zero sacks. So, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So zero there, there's 16 sacks. minutes of no sacks from a team that had. So I mean, it was a little bit. You know, I I, I tried to walk them off the ledge, and you know they're uh, yeah. they were good about it. They're they're they're. They were, actually were they, were they cool. too busy flipping cars, not talking to you? Is that what it was? Well, well <laughs> that's just a couple of uh, of my son's best friend. No, 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 no. It was not my son. But the um, <laughs> it was one thing my son did say that was kind of nice. He's like, no. I said, you know, it's this was before the game. I said, you know, it's a it's like almost like a movie. You got you know 
Andy Reid, great coach, gets fired from Philadelphia or gets run out of town, whatever you want to say, right? And now he comes back and he's playing against the Eagles, same ownership, blah, blah, blah. And then he beats him. A little bit of uh, Now, he said, my son said, no, no, there's no bad feelings. There's no bad feelings between that. That was when he thought he was going to win. Right, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, there was no bad feelings, buddy Andy. And so I thought that was kind of nice. I thought that was nice of my you, son's you can't, part. You can't be pissed at Andy if you're an Eagles fan. I no, mean, I mean, he, he was great he got, there, bro. Got him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in, in Jacksonville. Got him in Jacksonville, which, you know, I want to talk to the sports media people. I wasn't, I'm digressing. Okay. Grossly digressing. Go ahead. But that was the. I've been to a couple Super Bowls. Maybe uh, one, one with my wife was, you know, down here, and one with my son when he was a kid, and one with my best friend. Jacksonville was my best friend. I had a blast at all of them, but in Jacksonville, it was fantastic. And the media, the sports media, was beating up on them. Oh, because they had to stay in boats and like uh, no, ter- I mean, the hotels, like the hotels weren't very yeah, we, good. And well, then, they were and, far away. You know, we yeah. were like we stayed forty minutes away. Yeah. Okay, you get on a highway, you drive forty minutes. Big deal. You yeah, know, but you live in South Florida. No, we're, but I mean, we we're, still... we're we're like we're we're different. Like we're used to driving. Like yeah, you get some, you get like a New Yorker yeah. or a Chicago person they that they have to, to drive. Oh yeah. my God, they 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 can't. They don't want to drive. It, it was like like it, they got to drive in a car. Like wow, they're used to they're used to real public transportation, which is something we we lack here. We're not. Yeah, really we lack. Good. Yeah, we lack. No, oh, although I terrible. take the train sometimes. I'm a train guy. I take the tri rail. Oh, that's right. You can. I take the tri-rail. Because so you have a stop here, dude. Yeah, I take the tri-rail, and I take it to the metro. Right. I switch over. It's one stop to on the tri- to the metro here, uh, on the metro. And, uh, like, I- I've taken a train all my life. Like, I, when we used to play hooky in high school. Problem is that we didn't build this thing out like no, we should have in the 80s. No, no. It's, it's, it's a shame. That you, 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 you remember what Reagan said to, about us? No, after, I don't. After we built the metro fail, because that's what we used to call it, the metro fail. The metro fail. fail. <laughs> Uh, he goes, they were, you know, Miami would have been better off giving everybody just a Cadillac. <laughs> you love Ronnie. Yeah. You love oh, Ronnie. I love Ronnie. That was, you know. But, but you know, when I was a kid. Compared I went, to the true... clowns we vote in now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. This is a true story. I don't know this. I, this I, I got to go back. We, when we were in high school, a big train station in New Jersey was right in my hometown. It's called Metro Park. It's the big one. It was, you know, it's monster, you know. And so we would play hooky. We'd go down to Metro Park, jump on a train. So I know how to do the conductor, you know, the, the uh, evade the conductor. Okay. You, you know, you get off and on and on, you know, tri-rail so easy. It's got two levels. It's so easy. But anyhow, so we'd get to New York City for free, and then you play hooky. And they had a place called the Brew Burger. Remember, the, the logos were yellow. Now we're like 15, 16 years old. Buy a cheeseburger. It was like six ninety nine, right? Drink all the beer you want. Wow! During lunch, it was like you know twelve to two thirty or something like that. So we'd play hooky. We'd drinking beer for like six or seven dollars. It was fantastic. True story. You can't make this up. I'm in New York playing hooky, and there's this guy. I haven't seen a guy in God. No, I'm sixty four. I probably haven't seen a guy in like thirty. 36 years, you know, Tommy Maloney, kind of a goofy kind of guy. We, there's four of us. We lose Tommy Maloney in New York City. We lose him. Now we get back on the train. We get back on the train. We got, we got to get home, you know, because oh, yeah. we got to get home to our, you know, our, our parents. You know, our mother's going to say, where the hell you been? We get home. We don't know. 
Tommy Maloney calls me that night. Oh, no, his sister, Susie Maloney. Quite cute girl, I may add. She calls me and she says, You're not, she goes, Steve, you know, you hear what happened to Tommy? I said, what happened? He got picked up by the New York City truant officer oh. for playing hooky oh, in wow. New York City from a Jersey school. <laughs> Wait, and here's the end of the story. Never ratted us out. Uh, you can't, of course. Never ratted. I haven't seen Tommy in 38 years, but I don't know. Yeah. Tommy, hats off to Tommy Maloney. Yeah. Did not rat out the you other can't. three guys. It was kind of nice. Won't happen in today's world. <laughs> yeah, today's world. They these, would have paid these, <laughs> these kids will rat your ass out like it's nothing. My wife tells me this all the time. Like <laughs> they're in, in high school, like these kids are ratting each other out like it's going out of style, dude. I mean, uh, eh, anyhow. Like that was that you did not do that in those days. You know. It's just, so back to the game. What did you think of the Super Bowl? I loved it. It was a terrific. Su- yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a terrific game. You know, I, I, I didn't have a problem with the last with that call because you put him in that position. So that's it, dude. Yeah, I mean, look, even if they even and, if they don't call that, he could make that field goal from that distance. Too. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, they're making a little bit of a big deal out of that. Right. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't right. like a sixty yarder. The idea is that Philly would have gotten the ball and they had time. And they would have so, had a minute or so. so yeah, a minute least, and a half. Yeah. At least you don't know what was going to happen there. You know what I'm saying? They, they could have scored. They could have turned it over. Tied it up again. They could have gone out and downs, and then the game's could, over. And that's could have been more exciting. Double. You know, could have been an overtime. An, another. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been kind of cool. But right. That that's the part. But again. I have no problem with the way it but ended. The, it was yeah. exciting. It was it was a hell of a game. I mean, when the Eagles, you know, although they kind of, I think they. I thought Jalen Hurts really played well too. But he, except for one play, fumbles. Okay, that was well, that I mean, happens. Crap happens, dude. Yeah, but, it, happens. but he didn't play a bad game. He played a hell of a game. Played a very good game. He played very good a game. hell of a game. And so the kids showed up in the biggest moment. So if I'm an Eagles fan, it sucks to lose. But it got it's got to feel good that you got a pretty damn good team. You have a and very you good team. Found a, a quarterback, so dude, you you got a shot next year at, at being again in this uh, game. They're going to absolutely be in it. I could tell you my opinion on the Eagles, and taking nothing away from Hertz because I think Hertz. So Hertz is number one weapon for me, and he's a good passer. He's good at everything. Good understands the game, but you know it's third and eight. AJ and he's got well AJ, if AJ's. Not open, he can run. Oh yeah, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Definitely. There's going to be yeah, yeah. three to five times a game Always. where he's um not on third and two. I'm talking about third and eleven, third yeah. and seven, you know, third and eight, and he runs and gets the first down. I mean yeah. that that's a that's a weapon and a half, right? Yeah. So I like it, Hertz is great, but taking nothing away from Hertz, I think there's of the 22 starters, and Hertz is obviously a, a very good quarterback. I think the other 21 guys are spectacular. Oh yeah. No, no, it's a I think great they're spectacular. Team. No, no, it, it's it, it Hertz is not carrying that team. Yeah. Hertz is Hertz is doing his job, but they are outstanding. <laughs> they have the best defensive lines and offensive lines in football. Although Kansas City's offensive line shut them down, and that was pretty damn impressive. That was because, amazing. I was surprised. Reddick had a year that I don't know if he'll ever have another year like that ever again. You, you know what? You, you bring up Reddick. It's so funny. And I super apologize for missing last week. But had I been here, I would have talked about Hassan Reddick, how he got over, how he got passed over for All Pro. Yeah, here's a guy. Oh, he's second team All Pro. I right. get it. Right. Well, but, because he he this is like he, he hadn't done this, and and that's the problem. And so he kind of had a down year, and, and then, then he comes and he back the here down, and the he, down and, Super Bowl. Right? And I mean, he didn't play a bad game. He just didn't play a good game. Right. So in my opinion, but I have a I had a different theory before the game. And maybe that theory still 
proves true. I think Hassan Hassan is like he suffers from he didn't come from a high profile pedigree. Right. He came from Temple, Temple Temple University, you know, so he's not an Ohio State guy, he's not, you know, Alabama guy. And so nobody was really giving him I thought he I thought he deserved a little more respect. Now, he didn't have the greatest Super Bowl, but but he he had a he he had a fantastic season. Led the, led the NFL in, in sacks, right? 18 and a half sacks. Yeah, no, he was a I monster. Mean, they're, they're talking about Nicky Bosa's the greatest thing Sim ever, ever walked on the, on the planet. Who I like, Nicky Bosa, don't get me wrong. Right. But, you know, he had 16 and a half sacks, and his team didn't get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, at that point, you know, I thought Hassan Riddick played, uh, had a great season. But that's the Super Bowl. Now, see, and, and I think having the 16 sacks – and then he bounced around the last couple of years. He had 11 last year, had 12 and a half. And then his first three years, it was two and a half, four and one. Yeah. And so now he's kind of found his way. And the one thing you can't take away from the guy is he had 12 and a half in Arizona. He had 11 for Carolina last year. And he had 16 this year. So he really, like he, how he was available... He's a late bloomer, though. You could right. almost say he's a late bloomer, right? That's what it is. You know, I think That's what did, it is. It's kind of like the back end of his career now, <laughs> on, on early part of his career, because it's only six years. It's when the light has finally gone on uh, with him. And you so, know, he's from New Jersey. Oh, really? Hassan Riddick. Really? He's from Haddon Heights. Haddon Heights is a nice little town. It's Haddon yep, Heights is Haddon Heights. Yeah, he's New basically Jersey. Haddon Heights is like a suburb of. He was born in Camden. Camden. Well. Everybody was born in the hospital in Camden, and the, and the fortunate ones got out of Camden because Camden's it's it's literally the shithole of, of it's one of the shitholes in America. Yeah, there's about ten of them, and it's one of them. Right? Maybe there's five of them. It's in the top five. Newark's the other one, and I was born in the shithole of Rawway, and I have to dis- describe not the prison, the hospital. <laughs> you know, so in New Jersey, you're born in. Crappy little town, you know, crappy towns like Newark, Camden, and uh, and uh, and Rawway. But in, but you know, the, the good thing is that he got he got out of Camden. Haddon Heights is like, uh, there's nobody in Haddon Heights that doesn't say they're from Philly. It's literally, you know, right. I got you. Yeah, you know, they probably half the town works in Philly. Right. It's like right over the bridge. Right. But uh, anyhow, a good a good another Jersey guy. Just want to tell you that it's either Florida, Texas. Then I tell you, Jersey gives a run for its money for the little state. You know, they have no college. They have like they can't keep their college football players. Rutgers, everybody. They oh lose yeah, them. we don't we don't look at we don't look at that area like football country. Well, you know, it's not it's like not college. college. Yeah, yeah what I'm saying is it's, it's pro, no, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pro. Like, it, like yeah. you know what? You know who's the highest paid public employee in uh, New Jersey? And he's excessively paid. Way too much, I think. And I like him. And he's excessively paid. The governor? Greg Schiano. Oh, she- oh well, yeah, that's right. They gave him yeah, yeah. a deal. Yeah, that didn't is they build him a mansion on the property and everything? Helicopter. Like, yeah. uh, it's insane what they gave him. Yeah. And he still can't get Rutgers. Rutgers still suffers from losing the New Jersey local talent. Yeah. Guys are like grew up five miles from the Rutgers Stadium, and they go to Alabama, or they go to Michigan, they go to everywhere else. You know, it's... It's sort of a uh, problem. until you until you <laughs> prove that you can become an NFL factory, you're not going to get that. Yeah. I mean, look at the University of Miami; they lost their mojo. Wow, Florida Just, State lost their mojo. Well, they're, yeah, they lost it recently, though. Florida State. I mean, no, but they, I'm going to say now they, they got it back. Start trying to get it back. No, no, they got it back. They got the ten wins this year. <laughs> they're they got a Heisman Trophy hopeful for next year. A good defensive coach came yeah. to the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. What, what do I mean is 
that for years now Florida State fell off, and so did Miami. You know what I'm saying? University uh, of Florida, Tennessee. Up until this year, they were off the map for yeah. uh, you know for a long time. Uh, USC fell off the map. Yes, another Texas one. Texas fell off the map. Well, Texas Nebra- had a run there. It was Nebraska horrible. has completely been lost. So think about it. How hard it is for Rutgers to just try to build a program when established programs have lost their mojo and they can't find it. You but, know what I'm saying? So the- it's. It's it's just think about it. If it's hard for USC to get back on track, how much harder is it going to be for Rutgers, Rutgers to get track to get on track? You <laughs> know what traction, I'm saying? You know, like Tennessee. This was like the first year that yeah, Tennessee busted out since Philip Fulmer. Uh, I mean, you know, different coach. Yeah, you know? no, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, but even if you have the resources, if you don't know what the hell you're doing, but you won't get it done. But the the rap on Rutgers is. There's great players in that New York, yes. New Jersey that are leaving and right. going. They're flying right over the stadium to go to another school, you know. And and Shiano was brought back to try to get that. And but he hasn't reached <coughs> the last window he was at the last time with no. Rutgers. No, remember? I, I believe they made an Orange Bowl with Rutgers. Ray Rice, right? Ray Rice was the running right. back. That, that's what I'm saying. New York that, kid, kid from New York. And then he left to greener pastures. And so if he would have stayed there at that moment, he could have built it from there. From yes. that moment on, he had a chance because once you start getting a couple of NFL players, then you'll start getting more to commit and then you'll keep doing yeah. it and then you'll build it. You know, USF, they were number like two or three in the country with, um, what was the name of the guy from USF that they fired him because he, 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 put a kid in a shed or something, or I don't know what he did to him. Uh, Levitt, Levitt, Jim Levitt, and and, and um, Jason Pierre-Paul came out of South Florida. Yeah, yeah. Selvi and uh, no, but they uh, have they, they had they had like some NFL players that were coming out, and then at the at that moment he gets fired. Boom, they Listen, lost it, and they never were able to recover. He, here, again. here's my rap on Rutgers, and we kind of digress. I wanted to talk about the bo- we're gonna talk no, about no, boxing. I get it, yet. I get it, I get it. So, so you know, St. Thomas Aquinas down here in Fort Lauderdale, Davie or Fort Lauderdale, whatever powerhouse, powerhouse, right? One of their common opponents is a New Jersey high school, Bosco, Don Bosco Prep. I know. Right, Don Bosco Prep is a powerhouse. Yeah. Now, so so why can't you got the kids from Don Bosco? Don Bosco plays a bunch of other good schools, and you know, in the area too, not just St. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just it's it's, it's a, the weirdest. It's thing. a very difficult task. I understand what you're saying. It's a really good point. I think it's even more than that. I think it's just I don't know. It's a tough, tough, tough task to keep those kids there. And yeah. but let's you're going to need some. And nowadays, you're going to need some NIL people. Yeah. That are willing to spend some big ass money to bring those kids there, and uh, you know it's just it's a different monster now. But you know New York and New Jersey, they've been able to do it with basketball. Yeah, but you only need three three guys. You know, I know it's a five man team, but you know three guys are going to make a champion a but very ba- good championship. But the not, basketball not, culture of, of of New York is and New Jersey in, is big and New time. Jersey is incredibly rich. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so then they've been able to build on that at least a little bit. And still to this, they, they don't really dominate either. In well, that you know what sucks, though? How crazy it is. But at one point, you it know, was years ago. St. Bi- John's and, yeah. yeah. But, but the Big East. Yeah, the Big what East. What a great basketball right. conference. Then they broke it down. To, they broke it up, and they went every place else. Right, right. It, it's a mess. It's, and uh, It's weird, man. It's weird how, how maybe, I don't know if it's such a concrete city. 
that it doesn't allow you to grow certain sports because you need the space for buildings and everything yeah. else. You know what I'm saying? It's such a concrete place that there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of pavement. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of concrete. Yeah, it's, there it's, is it's the financial, a lot of buildings. It's, it's the financial focal point of the world. Yeah. You know but what I'm saying? So it's almost like they're they're too busy doing other things that are way more important than to build football universities and but, but just like so that. you know, it's not like their thing. It's just New York. It's never been that. New York, the state, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. You got about forty million people. Just shy about thirty-five to forty million people. I know. South Florida. What do we got? Like seven, seven million, maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you take if you include Palm Beach County. Yeah, but we <laughs> yeah. got a lot of grass. And, a lot it's, of fields, and it's nice weather. <laughs> and, and nice weather year round. Yeah, baseball's a, that's a, that's why baseball is such a big thing here. No, too. anything. Football. You can, play. you can play football all year. You can't do that in New York. No, no, no. It's and, a, then, and then if you live in the city, where are you going to play football? No, but it, it, it's, it, it, it's the weather, it's too. The, I'm, it, I'm telling you. In South Florida, you have a park <laughs> a block or five blocks away from any house. In, Anywhere there's a in park. In New Jersey, you, you have a that. telephone pole right. with a basketball hoop attached to it and some piece of plywood. Right. And that's what you do. You play basketball and then you sprain your ankle on the curb. Right. It's, it's aligned. It's perfectly aligned. When you jump it, up, you come down, you sprain your ankle. I just think it's <laughs> the, the lifestyle is different. That it, it just doesn't it, it doesn't allow you to infuse that, that type of culture. There's another thing too, Big O. And it has to do with, um, like it's weird. If you look at the Southeast schools... You know, Alabama, Auburn. Auburn's in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. But, but that's a, all they can do. Yeah, it, right. So it's, but if you look at Auburn and you look at Alabama, they really have no pro team. No, I know. It's hours away. Maybe, maybe, New Orleans. maybe it's New Orleans. Maybe it's the Atlanta, right? It's maybe. the Saints, yep. right? Or, or Dallas. You know, the, the guys will be but, Dallas. Believe it or not, you still have a lot of Dolphin fans in that area. But, but I mean, there's it's not it's really crazy. there's not really NFL no craziness no. there. But there's college craziness. Oh yeah, southeast now, now in the in North Jersey, New York, you have NFL craziness. Yes, and not so you have the NFL is kind of consuming the football fan. Right, you know yeah. what I mean. So they're like, how much football can we take? I guess yeah. you know it's, you know it's it's the exact inverse. Like I said, they're the financial world. <laughs> that's why they're so interested. Yeah, they're betting on it. That's well, all. that's what I'm saying. It's it's a different culture. It's you know what? Different. Though? I have look. I'm, you brought up sports betting, and I did make a bet on the Eagles, and yes, I lost. And I have to be a man and say that I thought it was a. Bet the ranch type of bet, but a lot of people did. You know, I just uh, I didn't was a, I was a Chiefs guy, but so. um, it, you know the the uh, so, so the sports betting thing. I want to tell you something, Big O. When are we getting it back, bro? Uh, so I did have a meeting with you know we are in a an agreement. Mm-hmm. Can't really call it a partnership, but we are in an agreement with the Seminole Tribe. So when they get it, we get it sort of funneled through them, and we're one of three or four paramutuals in the state, and there's like 20-some paramutuals that, you know, the Seminoles have already, you know, talked to us. I talked to them last week. Everything's, you know, we're ready to go as soon as the, we can get through this court hearing. I asked the question, how long is it, you know, and the, and the answer is we have no idea. Like the, the, the court case is just taking way too long. You know, and it's, and it's a sin because it's such an exciting, if you put 100 so bucks on a game, it just makes it a little exciting. I usually bet, I'll bet like 50 or 100, you know. Even when I bet 50, 
you know, I could, if I lose 10 bets at 50, I, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to be on a street corner with a tin right. can, right? It's entertainment. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. It's but the game is so much more exciting. Like, it's so much more exciting. You know, 50 bucks, this is going to make or break me, you know? No. And And it's, um, so the answer to that question is, unfortunately, they're working through the process. There is some kind of, at the end of February, something in the case has to occur. Some kind of hearing is going to occur, and then we might have a might have a little clarity on the timing of it come the end of February. Come okay. the end of February, so that's that's the latest news on that one. But I do want to share with you something. It's, it's I read something. I read all the industry stuff, and sports betting. And I have a theory. Sports betting in the fourth quarter of 2022 was down nationwide was down and and there was this there's this thing oh, we were in the back end of the recession there yes they're saying the millennials liquidity was, was Lim- down yeah the, the the millennials are backing off on that's why they're wagering that's why the stock market was down that's why tesla was down 105 dollars and oh, now it's nearly 200 214 uh, yesterday two, uh, 214 so they go uh, i bought it at 218 I watched it go to 110. At 110, I told well, my that's wife. That's what I told everybody to get in at 110. I, at 110, I told my wife. I said, "Honey, I'm getting in. I'm getting. I'm going to buy. I'm going to. I had X amount of shares. I'm going to buy two more lots of that." And to be honest with you, I was busy and crazy. Like you understand, someday yeah, we're going to yeah, have a beer. Yeah, yeah. You, we're going to have a beer. I'll tell you, it's busy, personal, and professional, right? Right, right. We'll, we'll we'll chat about that, right? But and I didn't buy it. And then I and then it went so fast. It took like 30 days to go from 108. To two something. Liquid, was, liquidity has kicked in. Yeah, man. That's but, why. That's why stocks and crypto have exploded. Yeah. Well, but but crypto went from like 16, 17 to twenty two, right? I mean, twenty five. It's at twenty five now. It hit twenty five today. Oh, I didn't know that. That that's big in the last week. Then that's that's big. Yeah, I think it was twenty one beginning 21, of the week. Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have I, I follow it because I know you have an interest, and I like, and I noticed that it was it was, yeah. So anyhow, you put a thousand when it was sixteen five. You yeah, you're, you're up 80%. Yeah, 60%. You know, fifth, a little over 50% right now because it went up 8,500 from 16,500. So it's a little over 50%. You would have 1,500 right now if you put 1,000. I know. But that you being know. said, I didn't. So, no. <laughs> but, the, uh, Whatever. But, but sports betting is down a little, which is a little bit odd. You know, I think that... But not for the year. No, no, no. Just the fourth quarter of 2022. Okay, just the that, fourth quarter. It's, not for the it, year. No. It's, fun, it's, funny because, year. it's funny because I, I have that story. It's... But, but Big o, it's, it's, uh, it's one of my uh, KSDT CPA stories. But, but Big O, it's it's that's that's NFL season. It's you know that's NFL time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. sports betting, you know, in in many parts of the country are linked to NFL in a big way. I mean, it's not maybe the major. It's either the majority or near the biggest. Last year, legal sports betting four point three billion. Yeah, it's it's the, really. You this, know who's upset this, this year? Seven point five right, billion. I mean, it's it's a big deal. I also think there was a little bit of a rush when it first got approved, and it was like a new thing. You know, I, I know myself. You know, I was I, when I got my first online account, I was betting like all the time. You know, and then, then I was betting. Get, I was betting live. Yeah, I don't like live. Oh bets. my god, I was. No, kill, it's, I was it's too killing much. Killing it live. No, I'm not saying you can't kill it. But, oh, I was killing it live. But it's too. It's too. It's it's too much. Oh no, it's I'm not. I'm a hyper guy, no, and it's it not. seems like it's too much. Oh no, it's not. You got to sit with me. No, uh, no, 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 no. But no. listen, I, I get distracted. I, will, I, I, know I, what's going, I, can, I, I don't watch know the what game. it is, man, but I, I love. Oh, guys, you I do have, love it. I love it, and I have a feel for uh, markets or sports when they're bottoming. 
and when it's time to get in, you know? And so for me, that's kind of been a, a thing. People love and, the live. And let me tell you, the live, I just knew when the bottom was, this is the one you got to get in on. Boom, ba ba, And I was killing it in that app, bro. I was killing it with live. <laughs> God, it was so awesome, man. No, I, it's it's too complex for me. Oh, you know, it's like, oh no. my God, now I'm like, my head's gonna explode, you know. Which might be really fun. I mean, it might be a fun time. But. Oh God, it was it was a lot of fun. It was anyhow. I really enjoyed it. So I'm hoping we do get it back. But we got boxing coming. We got back. boxing next week. Yes, February 24th. How many tickets can we give away on the show? Well, put a will card. A will call. So we can give away this week, and we can give away next week. So how many do I give away this week? What do you want to give away? Uh, you're the boss, not me. Ah, I just take orders. I just take orders around here. <laughs> you're so, the boss. Whatever you and Frank tell me Frank's to do. Frank's the boss. Frank's the boss. So um, I don't know. Let's, just, let's let's give a couple away, a couple pairs this week, and more next week. Okay, two pairs in this week. Yeah. Okay. All right. And more next week. So your so your listeners come back. If you guys want to uh, come out to uh, see Guillermo Regandao and several other young Cuban boxers that uh, some could be big time stars down the line, and uh, you can be here on the twenty fourth of this month, send me a DM. Okay, so let's not clutter people's uh, timelines. To Big O Show, my DMs are open. So you can uh, send me a DM and tell, tell me you want to go to the boxing event, and we will pick a couple of winners, and we will put your name at Will Call. I'm going to need, when I tell you you won, then I'll ask you for your personal information so we can verify, obviously, when you come to pick up the tickets. But uh, send me a DM at Big O Show on Twitter, and tell me that you want to go to the boxing event on the 24th of this month at Hialeah Park. Should we make it, should we make it a little interesting? What is it? Let's so go. As they are sending you their request, mm -hmm. maybe we make them ask a, answer a question about Hialeah Park. A little okay. trivia question. All right, like? <laughs> oh, I, I'm just the idea guy. I don't have the specifics. <laughs> how, many, how many slot machines do they have here? Do they have over 700, over 800, or over 900 slots? And put a number, and the closer you get to it at the, the day... You're going to uh, give them a free buffet? <laughs> I'm going to give them the tickets. I mean, the free, we don't have a buffet. <laughs> no, we don't have the buffet. And we're not oh, bringing a buffet this year. Oh, no, year? we're doing. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. We're doing. Right, wait, so wait, hold on. Hold that's on, the only on, reason Sean no, comes. I think I'm at a restaurant. He doesn't <laughs> come for the boxing, he no, comes no, for no. the buffet. Wait, 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 wait. So. What we're giving him. So we you are about to piss him off, bro. No, I'm telling you, look at you. Did you see? He had not moved for like three hours. Yeah, he's got it. And all of a sudden, yeah, you, we just were like, Mentioned no, bu buffet. no <laughs> buffet. Like, whoa. No, no, no. But, but, but here. I mean, if somebody guesses how many slot machines you have, you got to give them a buffet. Okay. The number. You got to come around and count the number. Okay. As of, as of this Saturday night, how many we have? Right, exactly. No, Friday. This Friday night, because a week from the fight. Okay. A week from the fight. Friday I know, night. I know it's over 700 or maybe over 800 or maybe over 900, but you got to give me that number. If you guess that number, not only will you win a pair of tickets, we're going to give you a free buffet, you and your uh, favorite person and that you bring. The closest one. You don't have to. You know, let's, okay. If the nobody closest, gets the, yeah, closest the closest two. One. The closest two. And it's not like. Uh, Wheel of uh, what's his name? Uh, and by yeah, the Wheel way, of Fortune, you can go over. Let, let over under, yes, you know, it's, it's the over let, under concept. Let me just say something. The buffet is awesome. Okay, so I'm just saying, the buffet kicks ass at the, at the boxing wait, event. Wait, 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 
big O. This week, it's out on the Fountain Terrace. It's uh-huh. a boxing match. And it's being sponsored by Voli 305, which maybe your, your listeners know. But Voli 305 is a vodka owned by Armando Perez, the one and only Pitbull. Oh, okay. Pitbull has a vodka. He's going to, his vodka, uh, we've been in communication with his people. He's about such a that. good dude, bro. He's a nice guy. Isn't you he? know what? He's like Let a really cool dude. He wants to help his friends. He wants to help his his city. His, oh, he's a 305 all the way. He, he wants to help his county. He wants to help, his, you know, everybody he can. No, he's a good dude. And, you know, he, you, know what, you know what his lawyer told me? He goes, you know, when I talked to Armando, he has a simple philosophy. If you just put good people together, right. sooner or later, good things will happen. I agree. I agree. You know, so anyhow, so... Pitbulls, okay. Vodkas, 305, uh, Voli, V-O-L-I, 305. It's a vodka that we're going to be having out on the Fountain Terrace. There'll be a taste test. Taste test. There you yeah. go. It's, it's a little buffet of vodka, so to speak. Um, and uh, it's going to be a nice nice event. Nice event. That's so going to be... Relax. The buffet will be there. <laughs> yeah, the food will be there, too. Relax. <laughs> relax. But we're adding to the food. We're adding to the food. Okay, to so, the food. Big O Show on Twitter. DM me if you want to win a pair of tickets and DM the total amount of machines we have downstairs. It's all the ones on the floor and in the smoking hot slots all together. Absolutely. So it's all together. How many machines do we have? Watch somebody come down here and just go. Oh, I'll be loving it. And send it in. And if and, and the one that gets closest to the total machines will win a pair to go to the buffet. And okay? the boxing match. And the boxing match. And the boxing match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you may you you may be stuck in the buffet with Sean after that, <laughs> you know, when you go. It's just I do have one more thing. What do you got? I mean, boxing is going to be great next week, right? Damn right. Alan, we're um, giving away a, a car. A Mercedes-Benz. I will tell you, I got, I'm not a big Mercedes fan. Millions of people disagree with me. <laughs> Most people love Mercedes, right? It's a good car. I, I got it. You know, I got in that Mercedes, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It has this, you know, it, you know what it is? I'm glad you found that out now. <laughs> It's an, it's After 64 <laughs> years on Earth, no, but, but, you have figured out that Mercedes no. is a pretty good car. Yeah, No, but it's different now. When I got into a Mercedes 10 years ago, it was nice. You know, I, I thought it drove a little heavy, but I drove it. Drives with a luxury feel. And really, it's just an iPad. It's an iPad with a steering wheel. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's nowadays, what it is. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, what nowadays, it is. That's yeah. all it is. But that's a, it's not an electric one, is it? No, but oh, it's an okay. iPad with it. Right. It's not electric, but it's just okay. it's an iPad with a steering wheel and a beautiful, nice, luxury interior. It's really nice. It's unbelievable. They have, they have it out here. When you come to uh, Hylia Park, you will see it. Yeah, it's, it is really, really it's nice. When, when you guys give it away at the end of the month, right? So you earn entries for all of February, all of March. Watch. And please believe me on this one. So We're on giving it away on April 1st. Oh, on April 1st. I know it's April Fool's Day. Oh, okay. And people aren't going to agree. You know, like, it happens to be a Saturday. We're giving it away on April Fool's Day. That's right, because you always do it on a Saturday. Yeah, so, but you, you can't forget it. April 1st, you, you know, but you earn entries throughout, all of throughout February, the next two months. All of March. And come take a look. It's a, it's a pretty car. So every time you play any of the slot machines, you enter into the drawing. So there you go. Every time, win or lose, you're earning entries. Right. Win or lose, you're earning entries. There so. you go. So uh, get on down here to Hylia Park and sign up. Alrighty. All right, man. And I appreciate just you. Finish. I just bring it a whole full circle. 
you know, whatever happened to the Brew Burger? It was a great restaurant. <laughs> you know, when I was 16, I thought it was like, I thought it was about the, it was the bomb. Have man. you it been was, to the was, tub down in Miami? Le tub? Le tub. All right, le tub. Overrated. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I think, well, the, just the inflection you had there. You know, like saying, it's not oh, the gra- it's, no, no, it's not the greatest burger or anything, but it's, it's pretty good. I enjoy cool it. Cool and all, you know, it's nice. Uh, I I was expecting more. You know, if you want a really good <laughs> burger in Winwood, there's a place called the Butcher Shop. I'll try that. Okay. Oh, you want to know why I was expecting more at Late Tub? Why? I could get in trouble for saying this. So Oprah Winfrey. I would think she understands burgers. Right. right. At least some point in her life, she understood the burger, right? Right, right. She had voted at one of her favorite places for a hamburger. So, so uh, I went. By the way, so did uh, so, uh, diners, drive-ins, Guy Fieri. He, he liked that place, too? Yeah. I, I guess I was expecting too much. I mean, I, I expected a little more out of Oprah from I, a burger I, I think standpoint. it's because it's a it, it's a different place. It's odd, you know, with the toilets. Right. And, you yeah, know, that, the, that's what I yeah. think it is. But it was okay. But the burgers are solid now. But the drinks were the plastic cup. I mean, it was kind of yeah, weird. Yeah. It was like the butcher shop. I'll try it out. The butcher shop in Winwood. I'm a burger guy. The butcher shop in Winwood, and you'll you'll remember. And maybe it's in my place. retirement someday, I'll I'll open up a restaurant, call it the Brew Burger. Drink all the beer you want. There get, is, get some of those kids that are playing hooky. <laughs> Come out. And <laughs> I, but isn't there like a brew burger or something like that? Brew bowl or whatever? Yeah, we're, well, we're, every burger. When, 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 we every... Used, when we did 1210, right there in Doral, there was a, it was it was the bur, it was called Bird Bowl. Oh, Burr Bowl. That's right. Burr Bowl, not Bird. Burr Bowl. That's right. I'm telling that's you. This, that's what it was. As a 16-year-old, it was like, really, it was the finest dining in, on the planet. Yeah. And you could have beer. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Remember, the drinking age was 21 in New Jersey and 18 in New York. Really? Yeah. When oh, I was, wow. When I was a kid. When I was, you know, I was Wow, because it was 18 here. Yeah. And when I was turning 18, it changed to 19. And when I was about to turn to oh, 19, no, I, I was it went to then. 21. I the, yeah, I was... Uh, it, it just moved right around my age. <laughs> no, I did the exact moving. opposite. I, it, it just, I mean, it didn't matter because I was going in a club since I was 15. <laughs> I had a beard since I was 15. <laughs> so I was walking into Alexander and Mystique and, any, and Casanova and any club at 15. So it didn't matter to me. But, you know, it's just I'm going to digress. You know how naive I was when I was 15? So we lived in North Jersey. You could get to Staten Island in 10 minutes. Right. Staten Island's New York, drinking age 18. So we'd hang at the dead end. I lived in, like, in this neighborhood where it had a dead end. It was a cemetery. Yeah, really like high end, high end joint, you know? <laughs> you know? And we was, there was a little stick of woods. It was like smaller than these six tables, right? And we'd hang in the woods there and we'd drink beer. And then I'm, but I'm naive. I'm like in ninth grade, you know. And they, and they hey, you want some beer? You know, Johnny, oh. Johnny B. He was the guy that was 18. You know, he was who, who I, who I may add, Johnny B.'s mother was my mother's closest friend, and Johnny B. was my, my sponsor and confirmation for the Catholics. Want to know that? Okay. So, <laughs> so Johnny B. is going to the island, and I'm like, okay, I'll have some beer. Like for six months, I didn't even know what island is he going to. Like, where's he going? And he was going over to Staten Island. They had these giant liquor stores on the other side of the bridge, and he'd buy like a you know a case of quarts. You know the you know what you know what the Budweiser quarts. Yeah, you know? I remember. You know what we would pay? 
They were oh, God, they were yeah. sixty five cents a quart. Yeah, We'd have to give Johnny seventy five cents. Right, of course. Because he needs a dime, you know, for for the for the for fuel the, and for stuff, the effort. You know? and the fuel, yeah, for the course. effort and stuff, you know. Of course. So so I you're talking to a guy that had a a that went to Catholic school in eighth for eight years, then had to go to public school. That's a story too. Hey Ma, um, yeah, I got to pick a high school, Ma. You know the what's my? I can go to St. Thomas. Uh, how much is that? Uh, that's like three thousand. Uh, I was talking to the coach from St. Joe's. But I'm not really crazy about that. That's all boys. How much is St. Joe's? Oh, that's like four thousand a year. Um, and then I can go to John F. Kennedy. How much is John F. Kennedy? Free. Well, nah, it's free. It's public. You're going to Kennedy. But yeah, yeah. So that was that's how my that was my educational thing. But but you're talking to a guy. Back to my other story. You're talking to a guy who was sponsored in his sixth grade confirmation Catholic ceremony by a guy, the same guy who supplied him with illegal beer. Sounds, when he, like, when sounds he was like a mentor to me. <laughs> sounds like a mentor to me. Johnny Bertelson. My, that's, that's my kind of mentor right there. All right, man. Enough's enough. Enough crazy stories. I appreciate you. <laughs> Steve Calibro, baby. General manager here at, of course... Hialeah Park. And remember, we've got the fights coming on the 24th. Ali Rodriguez will be there. De La Torres will be there. Lascaia will be there. Some of these young up-and-coming Cuban boxers. And Guillermo Rigondal. Go to HialeahPark.com. Find out more. You can get tickets. And if you want to win a pair of tickets, you got to send me a DM at Big O Show and tell me you want in. And tell me how many slot machines does Hialeah Park have, and the closest one will win a pair of tickets for the buffet here at uh, Hialeah Park that night. So there you go. Uh, Jason, uh, the guest doesn't happen here on the uh, chat board, my brother. Big, you got to go to Twitter, Big O Show. Uh, we got a whole bunch of them here guessing, and uh, you know the, the guesses have to be on Twitter, bro, on DM. All right, Steve, I appreciate you big time, my man. Thank you so much. There you go. Good stuff as always. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, hey, you guys can spark it up. Hour number two. It's 420 next. <laughs> 